This podcast is for educational purposes only and provides general home lending information. For specific home lending advice about your circumstances, contact a Chase Home Lending Advisor for more information. For more information on the various home buying resources mentioned in this podcast, please visit chase.com forward slash affordable. Hi again, I'm Nadeska and this is season two of Beginner to Buyer. Beginner to Buyer is powered by Chase Home Lending. You can get helpful tools and resources to buy your first home by visiting beginnertobuyer.com. Making the decision to buy a home can be an emotional roller coaster, and some of the ups and downs of owning a home can come just from trying to understand your home's value versus your home's equity. So, to help you realize the true value of your home, Chase Home Lending Executive Dan Hoffacker is here to give us a home equity primer. What is it? how to grow it, and how it can be used. First though, let's hear from a recent homeowner couple in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, My name is Ronnie and we are in Pittsburgh. Um, I work for a state senator out here. I'm Miriam. Um, I grew up between Costa Rica and Pittsburgh uh, and we lived in a different part of Pittsburgh before we bought this house but we moved five minutes away from my mom, uh, kind of coincidentally, but it's nice because my sister's 10, so I get to spend time with her more than I would otherwise. Being near family is uh, always important. All right, you guys sound like a very cool, very dynamic couple. So we work in politics, you grew up between Costa Rica and the States. What a cool life. So tell me, uh, before you guys just bought your first home, congratulations, by the way, what was your living situation before that? Um, We first moved in together in a very tiny one-bedroom apartment with three dogs. um, And And a cat. And a cat. That lasted for about four or five months. And then we rented a house at the beginning of March 2020. Luckily, because that's when everything shut down. And I love Miriam so much, but I love my space and, like, pandemic and a tiny tiny bedroom one bedroom apartment and three dogs I don't know (laughs) yeah the one bedroom apartment didn't have a door on the bedroom so I think it might even have counted as a studio it was really really tiny and we loved our landlord but we also needed more space for all like combined 200 pounds of pet we had (laughs) So once it became clear that you needed more space just for you guys to have your personal space and also for the pets to spread out, where did you begin? Did you immediately go out and contact a realtor or did you start thinking about budgets and financial planning? How did that go? I think that homeownership had a lot of attractions for us. Um, What were some of the biggest reasons why? Well, personally for me, I never thought I would ever own a home. Um, my mom doesn't own a home, neither like the only people that owned a home in my family were my grandparents and they had passed and we had eventually sell their home. So I was okay with renting for the rest of my life. And was that because of financial reasons or just because it hadn't, okay. You just felt like it would be too much to afford. Yeah. I thought it was going to be too much to afford on top of like mortgage. And then if something were to break, I'm the landlord that I would have to call to, to fix it. So I was just like, I'm fine um renting what was it that eventually changed your mind and made you guys feel like this was something that you could feasibly do which obviously was true 
when we were shopping around on Zillow and looking at like what our mortgage might be, ended up being less than what we're paying in rent. So I was like more open to like, okay. Even houses that we didn't think that we would have been able to afford, we were like, oh, this is significantly less than we're paying in rent. Um, I also think like full disclosure, we would absolutely not have been able to buy this house if it had not been for financial help from my parents. Um, So we got serious about it when we were at Thanksgiving this year and my dad had come up from Costa Rica and basically was like, you should buy a house. Uh, He had just gotten some money in an inheritance and he was like, have some of it and go uh, buy a house. So then it went from like theoretical to like, oh, we should find a broker. We should get pre-approved. We should like do all of these things. Um, And what was it like going through all of those other steps? Because having some cash up front is really necessary for your down payment, of course, right? You want to have some money set aside for things like closing costs and and then repairs. But then also there are things to consider like uh, your credit score and they want pay stubs and things like that. So how did you guys feel about all of the other aspects? And is that something your family could advise you on? Or did you then need to talk to a lender to understand how that would work? Yeah, we had to get through, like, get to a lender to figure all that stuff out. But we we did try to go through one lender, um, but Miriam had a really bad experience with this guy. And we feel like it could be a little bit of transphobia and racism on his part. Um, I legally changed my name and we didn't, I didn't know this at the time, but when I gave him all my information, I gave him my information with my new legal name, but nothing was pulling up. So Miriam talked to him. He said like, oh, it wasn't pulling up that Ronnie had any credit history. And then he started making things up. He said that Ronnie had derogatory marks and low credit and very little credit history. Um, And Ronnie and I are very honest with each other about our finances. So I knew that that was not true. Um, And I was like, this is so fishy. I said, if we do the mortgage just on mine, would that be possible? And he said, no. And then I asked him if we got someone to co-sign, like someone with a perfect credit score to co-sign, would he approve us? And he said that he would, under no circumstances, approve a mortgage for us. And I was frustrated by that because we, like, have people in our life. We're lucky enough to have people in our lives who we can ask to co-sign things. People have good credit scores. And being told specifically that, like, even with a co-signer, we would never be approved by this bank was super frustrating. Once we had connected with another lender and he found out from our realtor that we had ended up getting approved, uh, he was all apologetic. He called me, he called Ronnie. He was like trying to talk to us again, but. But why at that point? I'm really sorry you had to go through that because not only is it just unprofessional, it's just disrespectful. You know, a lender is really important in your home buying journey and in my experience, what makes a good lender is helping you troubleshoot. You know, even when there are issues, they should be trying to help you find solutions or saying, if we can't do this right now, 
here's a plan for where we can be in six months. So I'm glad that you did go with someone else. Um, How long did it take you to realize that you needed to just get away from that lender? I think right after that conversation. So this was like a Friday afternoon. I was, it was during nap time. I'm a nanny. So it was during nap time. I was like trying to be quiet while still being like forceful on the phone. I've never really had a credit card until just like about a year and a half ago. So I started like getting really serious on like my credit. And I knew I had good credit too when um, we were sending the original lender all this information. Um, But like Miriam was a little discouraged, didn't want to continue the process. I mean, I mean, naturally, of course, but um, after we talked to our lender and within just like five minutes of talking to him, we found out what the solution is. Like we, he put, we put, he put in my old name, like there's all your credit there. There it is. And he taught or not taught me, but he was like, yeah, just reach out to your credit bureaus, which was a challenge on its own. Um, But fun fact, you can just contact your credit card um, and update your name with your credit card. And then your credit card updates all the credit bureaus. Um, Mm. So after a month of updating my name with a credit card, we ran our credit again and then were approved for $200,000. It was in our introductory call with the broker that we ended up going with that he was like, weird question, but have either of you changed your names? And that was when we were like, oh, yes, oh, yes that's exactly what happened. Um, because apparently the credit reports don't run just on social security number. They run on social security number and name. So I'm glad, although you got a bit discouraged, you didn't let that completely take you out of the game. And I think that's what anyone listening can take away from this story. I think a lot of people have a bad experience with a a realtor or a lender and then decide that homeownership is just not for them. So I'm super glad that you guys decided to move ahead. So uh, once you sorted things out with that lender and realized how much you would be approved from, then what were your next steps? Did you immediately start looking at houses? Did you put together... Uh, you know, the list of needs and also things that maybe you were willing to compromise on just to stay within budget? We first were looking at specific areas of Pittsburgh of where we wanted to live in. And then um, I think at first we were like, we need to have this, we need to have that, this many bedrooms. But we quickly learned that if we like were more open to less bedrooms or different parts of the area, it's opening up new um just different houses that we can see. Uh, we found a lot more options. We didn't really expect to buy so quickly. It was just like the house, uh, a real yeah. estate agent showed us the house and told us like, it's going to get taken if you don't make a decision tonight. And we're like, oh damn. All right. Yeah. Especially since it had been a couple of months of looking and we were like not super impressed. So we thought we had like a lot more time. Uh, and then we saw the house put in an offer like an hour later it was uh listed that afternoon we saw it at six and we put in an offer at like 7 30 uh and it was accepted at 10 30 p.m so it was very 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 fast <laughs> all right thank you so much guys i appreciate it Look, clearly Ronnie and Miriam had an extra layer of complexity to navigate during the loan approval process. And that really highlights again, the need for finding the right people to work with. Those people who will understand your unique situation and the best way to help you so that you can just be busy moving forward with building that generational wealth. Ronnie told me later that buying a home meant being able to build equity that they could pass down to their niece. Now. 
Let's talk about understanding the value of your home and explore the idea of building equity with Dan Hoffacker, a Chase home lending executive. So Dan, I think we generally all know what the term value means, but can you explain the importance of understanding the value of a home during the buying process? Sure, thank you. Since the property serves as collateral in case the borrower defaults, the lender wants to make sure that the loan isn't too big compared with the property's value. In other words, the value should be equal to or greater than the home loan, which is also often called the mortgage. I think first-time buyers will learn that an appraisal is one of the ways that you determine uh, the value of a home during the process. But you can, can you give us a little bit more detail on exactly what the appraisal is and why it's so important? Yeah. So the appraisal is a documented process that most lenders require to establish the value of a home. It's uh, a significant part of the home lending process to make sure that we have an understanding of the property's value. It would be in addition to some other things like understanding the borrower's ability to repay and making sure they have good credit. And what is the role of the uh, appraiser in, in this process? How important are they? The mortgage lender requires an appraisal to help gauge the risk of making the loan. And since the property serves as collateral, the appraiser will actually go in and observe the property, analyze the data, and then report their findings to the lender. For the typical home purchase transaction, the lender usually orders the appraisal to assist in the lender's decision to provide funds for a mortgage and evaluating properties to establish mortgage values and property ratings. They usually use internal and external resources. They do make an on-site visit, they inspect the property, and they will oftentimes talk to uh, the homeowner or the bar. Um, appraisal reports can be pretty detailed, you know, as they should be. What are some of the things that the appraiser is actually taking into consideration uh, when they're calculating the value of the home? Yeah, so oftentimes the appraiser takes your home's features into consideration. They will also, through investigation, understand the age. Through on-site visit, they'll understand the condition. And they'll compare it also to similar homes in the area and what those have sold for. Oftentimes, that is referred to as the comparables the comparable property to your particular home. And because your home's value is based on the value of similar homes in the area, the local market will have a big impact on the appraisal. Absolutely. I mean, is there any situation at all where a lender would not get an appraisal as part of the lending process? Usually they do get an appraisal. There are some instances where you might get a waiver and so that waiver generally comes from something called the government-sponsored entities. Those are similarly referred to as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And so depending on the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's data set, if they are comfortable and they have recency of data about the value of your home, they will issue that waiver. Some customers still, even though they might be eligible for a waiver, still might want to go ahead and get the appraisal because they want to see you know, that detailed uh, review. And so if not an appraisal waiver, also some lenders do allow, if there was a recent appraisal, say within the past 120 days, some lenders will allow that recent appraisal to be used as, as part of a substitution for going to get uh, a new appraisal. Okay. And do appraisers always get it right? What if I'm applying for a mortgage and I actually don't agree with the value that they put on the appraisal report? What can I do there? Or is there anything I can do? Yeah. And so one of the things that most major lenders do have is they have a rebuttal process. Sometimes that's referred to as a reconsideration of value process. 
the typical borrower or consumer will need to be prepared to have some data to illustrate why they felt that the appraiser got it wrong, why, for example, they view that the appraised value came in under compared to other homes. Oftentimes, it could be as simple as the appraiser completely got it wrong, they missed a room, or here's some other homes that have sold recently in the area. And we would think that these are better proxy for uh, comparison. And so that will then get submitted all that data generally through the, the process that lenders have for the appraiser then to take into consideration. They may change their mind. They may change a number. They may say, no, I actually uh, think we got it right. And, and also the other option is, is the appraiser, um, if they do do that, the customer can still go and ask for a second appraisal to be done. And generally, they'll have to pay for that one. And you know, if the appraised value or the new appraisal doesn't change, um, generally what we also see is that the, the buyer or the borrower could pay the difference out of pocket between the appraised value and what the mortgage is requested to be. Or they could go back and renegotiate with the seller using that, for example, in this instance, a lower value that came in on the appraisal as a, as a reason to get a lowering of the sales price. Okay, that's great. So there, there is something that you can do if you're not necessarily happy with the appraisal report. Now, so that's the determining the value of a home uh, before you officially purchase it. And once you own the home, understanding the value can take on a bit of a different meaning. So how, come a, how can a homeowner get a good sense of what their home is worth? Yeah, so there are, in some instances, online tools. An appraisal is another way to be able to assess that, that value. Some of the things that will actually impact and could increase the value of your home would be, for example, a new roof, a new bathroom, new appliances, for example, kitchens with modern attractive appliances or quality floors and countertops uh, will likely increase a home's appraised value. And you should also document all of your home upgrades, and it is okay to give a copy of that to the appraiser for them to have as part of the inspection to, to be aware of. And uh, what kind of things can actually hurt a home's value? One of the biggest things that can have a negative effect is the aging condition of the home's uh, infrastructure like HVAC or plumbing or the appliances. Another thing would be the changes in the real estate market could lower the value of your home. If you live in an area that has uh, foreclosures, those can drive down the, the home property value. If your home lacks curb appeal, if your yard is filled with, for example, you know, hazardous dead tree, if you've got mold or, or you know, a repair needed on a roof, those are some of the additional things that could hurt the value of your home. Uh, so, Dan, if my house is really, really messy, is that something that affects its value? Well, for, for those that are listening that have kids, absolutely. The kids, my <laughs> kids especially, I tell my kids all the time it's going to affect the value of our house. So you got to clean up after yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Generally, the amount of clutter, uh, to the extent that it begins to affect the structural condition of a house, uh, that would have an impact. But generally, the amount of clutter, messiness, that's not going to affect, uh, affect an appraisal. Uh, the cleanliness doesn't have the impact on the value. Uh, it's actually not uncommon for an appraiser when they do go through a walkthrough to inspect a house to walk into a, a cluttered, messy home and they navigate around it to the extent that it impedes their ability to identify you know, issues such as uh, you know, mold or you know, cracks or you know, 
identifying the age of your HV, you know, HVAC equipment. Um, yeah, it's ne- not going to impact it. Um, so you want to make sure that when an appraiser comes in, things are easy for them to get around, and you know that might have an impact. But generally, uh, it's not going to. Okay, that's good to know. So Dan, one of the terms first-time homebuyers here thrown around a lot and they may not completely understand is equity. So what exactly is home equity and how do you grow that? In the simplest terms, the home equity is the difference between how much your home is worth and how much you owe on your mortgage. Some of the things that you could do to increase the equity or value of your house and how much it's worth is to do some of those things like upgrade kitchen appliances, get a new roof, things of that nature, new bathroom. Okay. And how do your mortgage payments affect your equity? I think another thing some people are not clear about is when you're paying your monthly mortgage, how much actually goes to the principal versus the interest and how that differs in terms of affecting the equity? Yeah. So generally what you see within a mortgage payment and for example, within our Chase website, you can be able to determine how much of your payment goes towards principal versus equity. Some consumers and some customers will actually double up or make an extra payment and say, I want you to apply this towards uh, principal as opposed to interest. So one of the ways that you can increase the equity is actually pay also down your mortgage so that you actually owe less. Okay. And this changing the value of your home with some of those upgrades that you previously mentioned, does that immediately affect your equity? Yes. For the most part, some of those things that I mentioned, such as HVAC, kitchen, appliances, things of that nature will have a almost a dollar for dollar impact. Uh, some of the things that oftentimes people feel like should increase the value of their house would be, for example, a, a paint job or customized bookcases that maybe you find significant um, after your alma mater or whatever. And generally, that is not something that is going to have a recognized increase in the home value. Absolutely. I mean, it's like you said, things that are more functional, like uh, the kitchen, it's a bit more universal are always going to work better. Yeah. Anything that's a subjective matter of taste for like your, your color of your walls, you know, your curtains, your paintings, appraisers just generally don't evaluate taste when determining a home value. <laughs> and uh, not to say that it's not you know, providing value to you and, and pleasant, but it's generally not going to increase the value. Right, which absolutely makes sense. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, the potential cost of deferring maintenance to your home? Yeah, so deferring maintenance to your home, especially if you're looking to either uh, take out a home equity loan or home equity line of credit, or even sell your house, that will, at the time when you're looking to uh, do those things, could impact uh, negatively the the you know the ability to sell or to be able to take out you know, home equity loan or line of credit. Uh, So generally what you want to do is not defer that type of maintenance, you know, for too long. Obviously it would have a meaningful impact. For example, if you know that you need a new roof, um, if you were to, for example, delay that, uh, that will have a potential impact where you have water coming in. It could lead to mold and other issues uh, that become really significant. If you've got a leaky window, you know, generally water finds, you know, a way to get in. And so you need to take care of those things uh, fairly quickly. 
And would you say that equity is something that you should start thinking about as soon as you purchase your home? Or does it only apply if you were thinking about selling down the line or you want to take out another loan against a home, for example? Like, when is that something that should be in your head? Yeah, so absolutely. It's it's something that you should always, you know, be considering as the equity and, and how much you owe and, and what, you know, improvements you've made. And as I mentioned earlier, some of the things that are outside of your control that really, if you did everything right, could actually impact the value of the home is the market environment. As I mentioned, if you've got foreclosures in your neighborhood, um, you know, if the sales comps, uh, comparable properties that have sold in the area have sold for less because generally the real estate market has kind of depressed, that could have an issue. One of the things that we found kind of during the, the COVID environment and, and uh, 2020, 2021, as you had a lot of people moving in and out of areas, you had record low interest rates, you saw the ability for uh, a lot of home values to increase. You had consumers uh, overpaying above asking price. That drove the value up. That drove the extent that the sales prices were the proxy for comparables. That drove a lot of the home value up for customers around the country. And so that would be an example of a market influence that could, uh, in, in this instance, the past couple of years, increase the value of homes. And then generally, as you're now seeing interest rates rise a little bit more, uh, you'll have less demand, less comparables, and you'll see that cooling off where that supply demand uh, impact um, where you might have a little bit more homes on the market now, let people not willing to move, not wanting to move, not willing to take on a higher payment, for example, uh, with higher interest rates, those sales comps will be lower. And as such, uh, that could, to the extent that you were looking to sell your house, uh, impact the value of your home. Or if you were looking to get a home equity loan or line of credit, same thing. So then it makes sense, I guess, you, you know, um, when thinking about equity to really work on the things that are in your control, like doing those um, necessary upgrades and maintenance that are going to maintain the value of your home. And I guess sometimes if you if you have the time waiting it out in terms of the, the market shifting, correct? Absolutely. Control the controllables. <laughs> all right, Dan, thank you so much for your time and for all of the advice. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope you found that primer on home value and home equity useful. And maybe you'll consider using some of your home's equity for repairs and other upgrades. Because personally, I think some of the biggest joys of owning a home come from transforming the space to make it truly your own. So next time, we're gonna ask the Scott brothers for advice on how to make good design choices in our new home, what projects we can tackle ourselves, and when we should absolutely call in a pro. Until then, you can learn more by visiting beginnertobuyer.com and check out season one of the podcast as well. Beginner to Buyer was created by Magnet Media and Chase Home Lending. Our executive producers are Ashley Bobo and Akash Vaswani. Our lead producer is Pamela Lawrence and our media editor is Matthew DiPietro. This podcast is for educational purposes only and provides general home lending information. It is not intended to provide legal, tax, or financial advice, or to indicate the availability or suitability of any J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., product, or service. Chase is also not responsible for and does not provide or endorse third-party products, services, or other content discussed in this podcast. For specific home lending advice about your circumstances, contact a Chase Home Lending Advisor for more information. 
If you'd like to check out the Home Buyer Assistance Finder, Chase My Home, the Dreammaker Mortgage, and other home buying tools and resources mentioned in this podcast, make sure to visit chase.com forward slash affordable.